Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac, and I have a very special co-host with me today, and it is none other than... Me, I'm Greg Tito. Hi, nice to see you. It's true. Well, we can't see them, unless you can see them. I don't know, magic and stuff. I'm imagining all the people listening, and it is fantastic. Which is 100% the opposite of what I do, because when I sit there and think about how many people are listening to my voice, it weirds me out, and I can be disassociated with that by sitting in the comfort of my own home. Nice. (laughs) So today we're going to tie back, and no surprise, to episode number 102, One World, Multiple Impacts, and surprise, the guest was you, Greg Tito. That was me. Yeah. And you're back. You're back to join in the mental lifting of the weights. And it is going to tie back to DMnastics number 85, Better Get Back Up. Because essentially, the big kind of point when your episode was we talked about, one, like you said, one world, multiple impacts, and having multiple parties in the same world. Mm-hmm. And so kind of the setup for that was I went to the internet as I and want to do and found some amazing pictures that I felt multiple parties could be interacting with at the same time and put it to our forum users to tell the tale of how that would be happening. Yes. So did you already have a pick? Are you? Yeah. These pictures are amazing. Number one, I had a lot of fun looking through them and being like, Oh my God, like even not even just for, for this specific topic, but just how to incorporate them into, into any uh, campaign. A lot of great yeah. evocative stories here. Yeah, I I try not to spend too much time finding pictures. <laughs> That's kind of the end of that statement because I do every single time that I go looking for pictures. And I finally was like, Pinterest is okay because I can then just pin everything and come back to it later. Right. Before I was like, I don't do arts and crafts. I can't cook anything that's not inside a box. Why would I want Pinterest? Then I realized. You can organize yeah. it all this way, right? Exactly. So for our picks from the forum, I'll take it first. And I'm actually going to highlight the one from DM Caleb, who took picture number 11. And I don't know, I have a little bit of a special attachment to picture number 11 because it was a broken image. And that bothered me because then I had this great description from DM Caleb, but I didn't know what he was talking about. So I actually reverse engineered and took the description of the picture from the original link and looked it back up in Google until I found it. And I'm very pleased with my work. And <laughs> essentially the whole premise of their idea and their image is that there's kaiju level creatures that are in the world. And so a single party just doesn't really fit the bill. I mean, if you look at Pacific Rim, they had mentioned or Power Rangers, Voltron, it kind of tailoring it into that idea that you need these big groups of people with even bigger robots monsters to fight the other monsters and so that is what they took from this image which is like this giant stone guardian that essentially the party will jump into a la acquisitions incorporated and all of the hilarity that was there and i feel like you could take this and go a ton of different ways because of all those examples it could be super fun super funny or super hardcore and everyone is at the top of their game trying to work together to defeat these epic kaiju level monsters. And it was just really, really cool. And I, like I said, I'm really happy I found the image so that I could better understand what DM Caleb was referring to. Good on you for uh, figuring that out. But yeah, no, that was something that always struck me when I saw Pacific Rim was like, how could we turn this into a, you know, 
get rid of some of the uh, the, the sci-fi tropes and make it more fantasy based. And I love that idea of of somehow having a huge automaton or something that um, uh, fantasy characters were able to go and, and find and, and figure out how to, to to fight against something like that. So I love that people are, are thinking about all that. Yeah, and I like that. I like the concept too because it stretches you as a DM to figure out what everyone can do in that scenario. Because yeah. it's very specific and trying to figure out how does the rogue, what can they do during this scenario that they still feel effective and skill checks or things like that. And I mean, my first thought was the kaiju shoots something at the Stone Guardian and now there's the smaller creatures inside that some of your party has to fight while the rest of the party is still trying to control and do combat with the stone guardian. Neat. Yeah. And I also, I mean, I'm blanking on the name of the adventure, but I remember someone describing a, a module that had, uh, essentially tried to like die hard the character. So they ended up going somewhere. And then, and I think in this case, it was a, a giant automaton that they would have to go up the levels of the, uh, of the automaton basically to get to the brain in order to control it. Or, you know, maybe to stop it from rampaging. But in this case, maybe it is you need to get to the top of it in order to to fight it. So it is this, you know, idea that there's a race against time, that there, there's a kaiju that's rampaging. You need to be able to control something that's big enough to fight against it. And uh, having the party kind of go up there, maybe there are smaller monsters that are in the in the way that are, you know, the automaton's blood or, or, or something, some kind of, you know, sorcery that they have to fight as they get up there. But I, I could really be like a really climactic, fun moment that one one party is trying to do that while another party is dealing with the uh, slowing the kaiju down and making it not be a quite as bad or maybe just bringing it on a wild goose chase and drawing it away from from settlements and more innocent folk uh, mm. while the other party is trying to get the uh, the big thing that can actually defeat the monster ready to go so much fun yeah but again i love that these are all big set pieces that you could describe and 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 have it be you know, it, it kind of turns the, the the dungeon crawl on its head in a way when you're you're getting out uh, and about and making these these large things happen rather than uh, uh, the smaller just like going from room to room idea. <laughs> yeah, in your ten foot space. Yeah, exactly. Different different kind of feel. I think definitely when you try to bring in other groups, if you have an uh, an epic thing happening that's 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 larger than than life that means that there's more possibilities for different parties to to affect different parts of the story definitely did you have a pick from the forums yeah so i uh i'm going to choose a, a dm pax his uh description of number four uh, he called the dragon crown but this was a really kind of uh, a compelling story hook for me because uh you know you always have that thing of uh, there's good guys fighting against bad guys but in his description of this image, there's an army approaching a castle with a large dragon kind of defending the castle on top. And he had thought of it as a, a fight against good against good in a way, like maybe like the order versus chaos. And that there was a, um, a rebel army of chaotic nobles, perhaps, who were fighting against this um, like a, an empire that had become tyrannical, even if not necessarily evil, but just maybe... Uh, a little bit too far into, you know, focus on order and, uh, and and corruption. And so here it is. the One party might be working with the rebels and another party might be working with the hereditary king or leader of this empire who has the power to invoke the kingdom's protector, which is this large, ancient red dragon to fight against that. So this might be a way where instead of the two parties working together, they're actually working uh, against each other. 
man, you think those other guys would have done some better reconnaissance before <laughs> finding <laughs> finding this out? No, that oh, red dragon, it's just a legend. It's just a legend. It'll never be ready in time for, oh, no. <laughs> we're, we're all dead. No, there's no, there's no, okay, yeah, it's, it's, there it is. It's on top of it. Yeah. But no, I really, I mean, yeah, this one is really good with its imagery and I really like the style. Almost kind of sketchy. Like yeah. in how it's it's drawn, and I feel like sometimes that allows for more imagination. Yeah, it's definitely got like an impressionistic feel to it. Yeah, everything's like super ultra 4K HD. Then it's like, well, my imagination doesn't feel like it gets to play in that space as much because I can see everything. Yeah, fidelity doesn't necessarily mean it's uh, it's better, right? Yeah, being able to fill in that. It almost makes it seem more dreamlike too, in a way. Yeah, and I love in... You know, think about it more in the way you described it, where you have these big set pieces. I mean, thinking back to the Lord of the Rings and like the battle for Minas Tirith and all the different things that, you know, the one party that we got to watch, all the different things that they did, but all the different things that you could have multiple parties doing. Yeah. You could have one party that's very battle focused and they're trying to help lead the army. You could have one that's very like more espionage and they're trying to infiltrate into the city, be that sneaking be that just legitimately working through the people and all kinds of different stuff or you could just have a bunch of people that can shoot really cool bows and arrows and try and kill a dragon right and, and even if you have different parties that have a concentration of characters that prefer different you know styles of play this is a great way to weave them together because i, I my mind started to go towards all right well if there's the, the party that's working with the king they have to find you know, the item that controls the dragon. So they're actually doing much more traditional, mm. you know, dungeon delving to find that item or, or, you know, whatever it is to control the dragon or at least wake him up and get him, you know, in time. Well, if there's another party that likes, you know, intrigue and political uh, back and forth and, you know, likes that more style of a talky story type game, they're the ones who are trying to assemble the army. You know, they have to get the different rebel factions together and aligned to make sure that they have everything that they need to, to depose this king, you know? So, and then of course, then they all have to meet up together and there's a big set piece at the end. But to, you know, I, I've definitely had that experience where, Oh man, I really wanted to run a, a political campaign, but these, these players just want to kill monsters. Or I guess we'll just kill monsters, you know? And there's, there's a way that as a DM, you can take those cues and be like, all right, well, let's do, let's do something different. Super good. Yeah. So with those out of the way, we're going to start lifting the mental weight right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. Uh, so did you want me to, to talk about one first? Yeah, if, whichever one you wanted to pick from the forums and we'll showcase it real quick. I've actually got two that I was that I think are kind of interesting, if you don't mind me jumping in right into it. So yeah, the number two image is kind of amazing, evocative, I think, for a campaign setting. And it may not be exactly what the artist was intending because now as I'm looking at it closer... It's hard to tell, but there's a castle uh, or a tower on one side of the image and then a, a sky with looks like fire and brimstone and maybe the hint of a bridge or an aqueduct behind there. But the thing that caught my eye and I think is a great way to use in a campaign to get people to be on the same page is kind of a trope that's been used in a lot of fantasy is, is the idea of like a comet. There being a comet in the sky that everybody in the world can see and whether it's there for a, a pre period of time, but you know, those... Those kind of astronomical happenings kind of did unite, you know, the, our classical world, you know, at this point in our human history. And I love that bringing that story into uh, a fantasy realm. So even if you have 
parties that are in the same world that you're DMing that are across continents or on the other time and thing that everybody should be able to see a comet in the sky. And that will be, you know, it kind of might work as a kickoff to a story. Like maybe that is the beginning of a prophecy or, or some kind of omen that a uh, that the party must go to a seer or a oracle to find out exactly what that means. Um, and then it'd be interesting if the dungeon master could weave all that together from the different parties so that both of them go get information about what that comet means and then they end up in the same kind of place which i i I just found really fascinating it's interesting you so you bring it up and then i immediately was like yeah what are some classic examples of here's this thing falling out of the sky and i was like man it is really like a go-to story element for blizzard entertainment (laughs) if you look at diablo 3 right like you know falling out of the sky and hitting the church and you got to go down and figure it out and it's tyriel uh spoiler play the game come on guys uh and then if you look at warcraft and world of warcraft the legion when they show up they're falling out of the sky then i was like but then in starcraft like that's how the zerg show up i'm just like they just really like stuff falling out of the sky over there yeah yeah and even if it doesn't actually impact you know on earth if it's just up in the up in the sky i like that almost even more because you know or or maybe it does impact and people eventually find oh that might be interesting too if both people go to the same place and get a meteorite sword what Uh i love that yeah, and then that you can definitely have multiple parties competing, multiple parties working together because who knows what came with it. I know one of the original, or not original, but one of the ideas I had tossed out a long time ago was that essentially your party's going along and they see this thing falling out of the sky and then eventually they hear laughter and it is actually the body of a dead god falling to the earth with like demons and crazy stuff writing it down. Ooh, and then. There's this explosion, and then now your party has to deal with that. And I could definitely be a scenario where multiple parties are necessary to send back the evil from whence it came. Right, right. And then, that, like, if this number, this picture number two is, like, the beginning of a story, another one of these that popped out at me was number five, which felt like the climax of a story to me. So if you have, and it, uh-huh. this, this image is just, you know, if you guys aren't looking at it right now, is uh, someone on a battlefield looks fairly powerful and he's got two arrows popping out of his chest as if he had been a bad guy that had been defeated. And say there was a big climactic moment and both of the parties were there in the battle and this was their target, you know, say this is the big bad. And uh, I think it would be really interesting for a climax maybe as a way of getting both of the parties at the table together in some kind of fun epic battle moment to have both parties strike the killing blow at the same time, getting two arrows in the bad guy at the same time. It'd be hard to pull off. It'd be really difficult. Uh, You might need to fudge some dice to make it, you know, really happen. But I just, this image just spoke to me in that as far as like the end of a story. Oh, that would be super good. See, and I just looked at it as being terrifying in like the setup for that battle where it's like, he's already taken these arrows and he's not gone down. And then that's when you're like, okay, this is bigger than us, and we need multiple people to try and come in and handle what in the world is going is going on yeah. with this guy. Or, well, probably more than guy. Probably some sort of extra planar activity going on there. Yeah, from the look of him, definitely looks like he, he seems mighty powerful and have some kind of lich-like qualities. You're right, maybe these arrows don't actually, aren't even effective. Uh, and that, that could, maybe this is a midpoint of the story where, you know, you think you've got everything that you need to defeat the big bad guy and he just laughs it off and uh you know then he be, then he becomes even more powerful and and uh catapults the parties into having to find some more epic uh weapons or or, or macguffins to take him down 
Oh, it's such a good twist. I, li- I mean, I just really like that idea of, okay, so you've done all these things and you really think you've got it. And it's like, yes, we were going to beat the big bad and the campaign's going to be, no, it's not. We got to go. We got to go away and we need more friends and more items and right. just all these other things. It was a really good twist. A great bluffing moment as the DM too to get the two parties together. Like I'm just imagining if you're scheduling, you know, 12 people to all get together and be like, guys, this is going to be great. It'll be the end of the campaign and, you know, it'll be wonderful. And then throw that wrench into the mix and be like, oh, by the way, got six more months of, of, of playing in order to really kill, kill this guy. So you've already brought up number two and number five. Is there, well, I suppose I could pick one that stands out to me. And that would be number eight because it is utter chaos and destruction on a world ending level. Yeah. Like if you just want a nonstop battle that you want to toss your players into, definitely head to the forums and check out number eight. It feels like, I mean, kind of that big set piece in the background is like a super crazy Tarrasque. Yeah. But then it's like coming out of the left, you've got like Nazgul riders and then you've got like baby Tarrasques and demons and foot soldiers everywhere. It just looks like there would just be nonstop chaos and it could be, ooh, okay. I just had an idea. Oh, we just heard it happen, you guys. There was a pause. I was going to say, if you didn't get it from, ooh. (laughs) So essentially, if you set up your campaign to be a post-apocalyptic, well, there had to be apocalypse to get there. So what if you had multiple parties play through that apocalypse and then jump ahead in time? And then start playing the campaign. Oh, like it's an immediate res type, type of opening of your campaign? Yep. Yeah. Actually let them be a part of the apocalypse. But then unlike Pacific Rim, no one is canceling this apocalypse because that's the basis for, <laughs> basis <laughs> for your campaign. So I think that would be really cool to let them experience that firsthand rather than just through you describing it or stories or anything like that. And then, like I said, you would have multiple parties all be there for that battle or someone in the party be there for the battle or their parents or something like that. That way they all have a deeper connection to what started the whole campaign. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I, I love this image, too. And I almost chose it because of the dragon riders on the upper left. I just thought that would be, you know, say if there's a uh, uh, it, it would take some theater from the DM to make to pull it off. But if, you know, changing up what you were saying, if this was like the end of a, of a campaign, say an epic level campaign, and, and you thought you had everything ready to go, and then all of a sudden the big bads summon this huge Tarrasque, and it ends up wrecking every plan that the party had had. And it looks like it's dire. Everyone's dying. You know, actually maybe, you know, make sure that a few of the characters actually do perish. And then pull in another party that had been playing all along, kind of surprised, be like, oh, and by the way, we have, uh, you know, some guests coming over. Maybe there's a ring of the doorbell or something like that. And you see these dragons uh, flying in and it is, you know, the reinforcements coming in to save the day uh, kind of feel. And, you know, they take down the Tarrasque and save the day. You know, if you could pull that off as far as multiple parties go, I mean, hats off to you. Oh, man, that would be just like the dream. You know, like that's the dream that every DM wants to live, like be able to First off, the fact that you're getting the game that much with multiple parties, right. hey, 
That's the that's first off the dream in the first place. Absolutely. Then the fact that you could like somehow have them not really know that they're in the world together and then bring them together in this epic event. Oh, that would be the absolute best. So much fun. Yeah. And I love I mean, maybe this is a good time to to, to plug what uh, Dungeons and Dragons is doing now. But one of the groups uh, that is working with us for the stream of Annihilation is Maze Arcana. I don't know if you guys are you're familiar with them, but they uh, they're out of L.A. and it's Satine Phoenix and Rudy Rutenberg, and they run in the, this Eberron campaign. They have ties with Keith Baker and uh, all that down in L.A. But for us, there's they're coming up with a uh, a campaign that will be run on two separate nights um, on Twitch. I think on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, and we'll be in the same universe the same like shared kind of dm thing they'll be trading dm duties back and forth and they're running two awesome. separate parties that will interact with each other and have guests go back and forth on two separate nights on on our twitch channel so i'm really excited about that because you know as i talked to you a few months ago about this multiple party idea um and i mentioned it to uh to those guys and they they ran with it and they thought it was amazing too uh to be able to pull off on a kind of a live stream type setting so you know, oh, that's so good. I've never seen anybody do that before, and I'm really hoping it works as far as live programming goes. You never know what's going to happen, but uh, I, I think it's a really cool idea, and I'd love to get more and more you know, uh, groups that play online together figuring out ways that they can feel like they're all part of the same shared you know, universe. Yeah, definitely. Definitely check out Maze Arcana because – I mean, you have the amazing Satine Phoenix and as well as Rudy Rutenberg, and, you know, and you already have an Eberron game. You have – Chris Lindsay from your team, yep. they're doing a peanut gallery. I think they call it. Yeah. I was going to say kind of like this one off side story right. as well. And now you're going to have two campaigns running in the same world, the back to back nights. That is absolutely awesome. Nice. So the stream of annihilation is on June 2nd and 3rd. It's 12 hours of streaming both days. So 24 hours total of Dungeons wow. & Dragons streaming. Uh, as I said, Maze Arcana will be there, but uh, there will also be uh, groups from the Misclicks as well as uh, High Rollers from the UK and uh, a, a group from Australia, the Dragon Friends, and many more. Uh, maybe some faces you might recognize from Critical Role and, and other places like that. So uh, definitely go check out the Wizards uh, D&D channel when you can uh, and subscribe. And if you can, tune in on June 2nd and 3rd because you'll also, in addition to all that awesome entertainment, you'll find out about the next storyline from Dungeons and Dragons. Dun, dun, dun. 10 a.m. Pacific, awesome. June 2nd. Make it happen. Yes. So only like a short week from when you are listening to this. Exactly. Cool. Well, we've got the content. We've got the goods, sir. All right. Um, so additionally, now that we've kind of got that out of the way, where would people go to hear more from you, find out more, or just where else would you want to send them to look at things? I am at Greg Tito on Twitter, uh, and you can message me any questions you have about you know Dungeons & Dragons. I also host, uh, with along with my friend Shelly Mazanoble, Dragon Talk on uh, wherever you can find podcasts. We do weekly interviews. We've been doing a whole bunch of them uh, with uh, Rudy and Satine, with our hosts of uh, the Stream of Annihilation, Kelly Link and Anna Prosser-Robinson, uh, who will be, both of them will be playing in games and also hosting the event. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, we definitely try to talk to as many interesting folks in the D&D world as we can. So definitely subscribe to Dragon Talk there. And yeah, check out DungeonsandDragons.com for all the information of what's happening there. And uh, I can't stress enough, Stream of Annihilation is going to be off the chain. So June 2nd and 3rd, I'd love to have you guys in the chat and asking all kinds of crazy questions. 
definitely. And go check out Dragon Talk, even if you don't think you want to listen to the guest or you don't think you want to listen to the particular topic that's going on. Sage advice and lore you should know are definitely things that every DM listening to this now should go listen to as well. I absolutely love them. I love even more the times that you don't know which is coming. <laughs> You're like, and cut to the thing. Ah, the thing was great. We're back. <laughs> uh, that the power of editing and timey and timey wiminess. Right, as you know, the uh, the, the scheduling of, of podcasts and recording and not knowing exactly when they're going to go live is a as a special form of time travel that I just love. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, super quick tangent. There's someone that does a podcast where they play with one other person it's called party of one by jeff stormer and he always says he essentially throws it to past him and future him oh nice. and that that's where the intro and outro is future and the the actual king content is past and he said take it past me and i love it every single time i listen so, definitely gives me a, a chuckle if you want to get a hold of us you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com or you can go ahead and follow us over on Twitter at DMnastics, where you can catch all of our daily DMnastics. And if for whatever reason you wanted to follow me where I talk about things that I can't talk about, you can follow me at Jotmaniac. And for everything else on the network, it is BlockPartyPodcastNetwork.com. But above all of that, I want to implore you, the listener, to join our forums and take part in all of these awesome challenges and exercises, as well as all the other conversations being had. To do that, you got to head over to dungeonmastersblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting. I did over a thousand. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. <laughs> <laughs>